Hallelujah. We, we are made to praise God. So when we praise Him, we will, ourselves will be satisfied because we fulfill what we are made for. So that's wonderful to be in His presence and together with our brothers and sisters, that's, there is something in the unity when we come together. So we've come to the month of September, and God wants us this year to be strong because God knows that in the last days, in the last times, there will be many shakings happening. Also to us, to his church, because he will come first to his church, to his people. He will come first to judge his church. So we must be strong. And if you look at that ship, you know, for the ship, uh, maybe we can wait to have the slide. So God wants us to be strong in hope. Can you imagine animals who do not have hope? You know, somebody who doesn't have hope, he will not even get up in the morning. He will be like, oh, what's the use of me getting up? What's the use of going to work? I don't want to do anything else. But since the animal, you know, is still having hope, oh, I need to get out, find something to eat. <laughs> so they will go on for another day. So even animals have the instinct to go up and find foods. But we, the one who has spirits inside of us, Spirit, soul, and body. We need to have hope. Because hope is the one that will carry us through difficult times. When you still have hope, you will hang on there. So if I can have the slide on. It's like the ship. You know how great the ship how expensive it is, how very uh, modern it is. But if the ship going on without the anchor, that's a dangerous trip. Because going on a way in the open seas without having an anchor, wow, that's dangerous. So in order for us to be strong, we are like sailing in a ship. In this world, we have waves and storms coming. But there's one thing we need to make sure. You and I need to have the anchor. That's very important in order to be strong. Without an anchor, how can you be strong in the midst of the waves? So let's read first in Hebrews 6, verse 19. I'll invite you all to stand up and we read this one verse together. Hebrews 6, verse 19. 
We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Amen. Please be seated. So God is talking about there is one anchor, but it's not for a ship. It's for our lives. It's called the anchor of the soul. So having an anchor or not having an anchor, it will reflect the condition of your soul. Because we as a spiritual man, when we receive Jesus, our spirit, yes, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. That's in our spirit. But then we, since we receive the Lord into our lives, we still have struggles with our soul, with my mind, with my emotion, with my will. Just like Paul said, I want to do the good, but instead, what the good that I wanted to do, that's not what I did. Because I still have my fleshly desires. So the soul is waging war. And this is the war that we need to wage until the end of our lives. We need to submit our mind, emotion, and will. Those are soul. We need to submit our soul to the Lord. So if we don't have anchor for our soul, when you have storms in life, your soul will be carried about by the wind and the waves. That's why many people, when they have big storms coming into their lives, they become stressed. Well, maybe it's okay to be, you know, burdened and stressed for a short period of time. But if we continually live under the weight of the problems, then it becomes a problem. The problem seems to just like a big burden upon our lives. And it's quite concerning that we see, even though we live in a high-tech, modern world, we see civilization like, you know, growing up everywhere. But we also see the rise of mental illness. And it's so disquieting that people find all the comforts of life, but their soul is not at ease. Because you cannot, we cannot cheat on this one. The anchor of the soul is only found in Jesus. It says, the anchor enters into the inner place behind the curtain. So this is talking about the curtain of the tabernacle. 
What is behind the curtain of the tabernacle? That's the, the tabernacle itself. That's where the Shekinah glory of God. And when Moses will come in and he will just sit there with God and talk to God face to face. And only to that place behind the curtain, only one person, the high priest, can enter once a year. Because it represents how sacred it is. But Jesus, it says, Jesus enters into the inner place behind the curtain when Jesus died on the cross. The curtain was split in two. And the access is open. So we see here the anchor of the soul. God has a sure and steadfast anchor. And it's important to have your anchor is really proportionate to the size of your ship or boat. Otherwise, the anchor cannot hold. And you see the picture, uh, if I can have it put up again. Uh, can we have this always? <laughs> because we will see this first. Uh, this anchor, you see the size of the anchor. It's so huge and big. And the Bible translates, this anchor of the soul is hope. A hope that enters into the place behind the curtain. So when you don't have hope, your ship is in danger. So this anchor of the soul is hope. Remember, faith, love, and hope. The faith and the love will keep on going as long as there is hope. When you don't have hope anymore, then your faith and your love stop. So let's see how we can get anchor. Number one is to get the anchor. Let's read from Romans 5, verse 1 until 5. If I can have the slide uh, on, because we will see from these verses one by one. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen. So let's see here how to get the anchor. Number one, we see that the starting point that we have is faith. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, when Jesus 
died on the cross, he said, my blood will cover over your sins. So you will be justified in the eyes of God. Your sin is covered. So when we believe and we put our faith, yes, Lord, I believe you died for me. Because sometimes we can feel, we can uh, act as if, okay, Lord, you died for, for other people, but maybe not for me. We don't realize that his blood is for me, personal. When you know that his blood personally applied to your life, then your life does not belong to you anymore. When you come to realization that he bought my life, then you act differently. It's not your own life. So when we put our faith, yes, Lord, I believe you died for me. Then God says, you are justified. Just as if I've never sinned before. That's being justified. And starting with this faith, that Jesus died for us and we are being justified, then number one, you have peace. That's what you get when you first come to Jesus and you say, Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Then suddenly the peace of God is taking away all your guilt that you've been carrying for years and years, maybe tens of years, you've been carrying a guilt and suddenly it was being washed away and a divine peace flood your soul. So God give you peace and then after this peace that is given, it says in verse 2, then you obtain access by faith into grace. After given peace, now you come into this new kind of life, new set of life where you don't try on your own, when you don't push your own energy and effort and man will, but it's a life by grace. What is a life by grace? It's the kind of life that say, Lord, I cannot do this alone. I need you. I need your help. So the grace of God is being given. So grace is, that means a gift that we do not deserve. In every step of the way, God is giving us grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. And after this, we receive this lifestyle of grace 
then we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now we started to see that, wow, the grace of God that I'm living on, I'm living by, it's leading me to a life beyond this life. I can start to see that God is preparing even after life. Which is more glorious, which is more beyond that we can expect or experience. And we start to have hope. When you have hope, not only in this life, then you will put every moment of your life, every investment, every thought, not only in this life, but even more so in the afterlife and then we come to the first three not only we rejoice in the hope but we also rejoice in our sufferings so God is giving us the grace Philippians 1 verse 29 this is the grace of God is to believe in the Son of God but also to be given the grace to suffer for him so there are two kinds to believe and to suffer and we hardly heard this kind of messages nowadays because it's not pleasant message but it's a grace of God because people who have been suffering for God for the truth they will come out stronger. But not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance or patience. You can be patient in your suffering because you have peace with God. You are not in a rush. Keep asking the Lord, Lord, when will you? And my problem, when will you solve? When will you answer me? We are not in a rush to get through it. But because in the midst of the storm, God gives us peace. We can endure with patience. Enduring with patience, it means when you have put all the perfect ingredients in your baking, and then you have to put it in the oven. Even though you have all the perfect ingredients, but if you are not patient enough to wait for the time in the heat of the oven, if you take it out too quickly, and then it's undone. It's not perfect anymore. So even though we have sufferings, but we don't have endurance, patience is not perfect yet. So when we have sufferings, we have problems, and now still have it, rejoice. Okay, because God is waiting for the perfect time to take it out. After endurance, the endurance and patience after you've been molded to that thing, you know, in these sufferings, 
then it produces character. The word character means approvedness, experience. And you can experience, you can be approved because you are walking in the grace of God. And then character produces hope. And we look in verse 5. This is very important. Hope does not put us to shame. Hope does not disappoint us. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts. When you love somebody, when you know someone who is in love with you, you can be sure that that person will do what he promised to do for you, right? Instead of just someone whom you don't know, whom you are not in love with, promise you to do something. And you might say, oh, well, I'll see. Maybe his word come to, uh, it come to happen or not. But if we know that that person really loves me, and because of his love, your hope is greater. You can be sure. So it's very important, my friend, if you know the love of God, your life will be anchored. If you do not experience the love of God yet, you need to get it because it's the anchor. You cannot get the anchor. You cannot get the hope without experiencing God's love. And it's so sad to say many people follow God as if just like the the Israelites, they follow the laws, do and don'ts, do and don'ts. And that's not how it is with God. God is calling you and I to a love relationship. If you are not yet in love with God, it's time to seek and pursue the love of God. That's exactly what he said in 1 Corinthians 14. Pursue love. Run after the love of God. And this love of God is being channeled to our hearts through the Holy Spirit. This is amazing. Holy Spirit is God himself. He is the third person of God. So you cannot get the anchor. So if we, you read here, through the Holy Spirit, that means the Holy Spirit is the broker, right? You cannot get that thing without the Holy Spirit. And this is very important very key as we look in Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. In modern King James, it says that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The word abound in hope, abound means super abound in quantity or quality, to be in excess, to be superfluous. So God wants you to get the anchor. It's not just, okay, I got a medium size. Oh, just I have enough. But God wants you, he said, you need to abound in hope so that whatever problems may come into your life, your soul will not be shaken. Just today, somebody brought to us a young lady who has been shaken in her soul. Her eyes was just empty and it was full of pain. And when I told this young lady, Jesus loves you, she was mumbling something like, nobody ever told me about that before. When you know the love of God, that hope is changing, it's becoming abundant in your life. And it's important to the well-being of your soul. One day in an international airport in America, I saw there was in the airport, okay, there was a middle-aged woman. And I don't know what troubled her. She seems to be under such a stress that Amidst all the busyness of an international airport, she was rolling on the floor, crying because she was under shaking. Her soul was shaken. There is no doubt that storms will shake your life. We don't need to deny that. And Jesus asked, is there still faith? After we experience all these things, maybe we experience hopelessness, we experience discouragement, failures, rejection, being abandoned. Jesus asked, do you still have faith? And this abundance of hope is only available by the power of the Holy Spirit. So this is very important, my dear friends. You cannot, you cannot 
be strong in God without the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't think that the church, don't think that just the ritual, the services, that's enough. It's not enough. Until you get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Until you get to know that this person, Holy Spirit, equals dynamite. When I was little, this is uh, when my, because my parents were pastors, we had a young lady come into our house and she was speechless, no words. She was in tears. Why? She just lost her fiance due to electrical shock. So he was very young. Actually, he was the youth pastor in our church, but he was uh, repairing some electrical thing and he got shocked. So at that moment, he's, he's gone. And she was so shocked, she could not say anything. But when she came and sat in our living room, she was just, she was just crying and speaking in tongues. Praying in tongues because there was nothing left to say. It was so shocking to her. And actually, that's a shaking of the soul. But because the Holy Spirit is in her, empowering her, the Holy Spirit is the comforter, the one who walks with us, the helper. So she was just out of her mouth, just coming out of this words of tongues talking to the holy spirit and that's what gives you hope so i invite you any one of you if you haven't been baptized by the holy spirit please come to us please come to one of your friends who can pray with you and we are so glad to pray together for the holy spirit to baptize you because the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just like you can talk in the language of the Holy Spirit. But if you can talk in the language of the Holy Spirit, doesn't mean that you really know the Holy Spirit. Unless you use that language with all your heart. When you talk it out, you talk from your heart. You talk to the person of the Holy Spirit. And he who knows the language, he knows the cries of our heart. So this is very key, my friend, the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we are humbly enough to seek and to ask, God said, for those who seek, I will give the Holy Spirit. Number two. After we get the anchor, number two, we have to get deep. You know what happened when a ship tried to uh, weigh the anchor down? The anchor has to come into the seabed. If the anchor is only hanging halfway, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't have a strength to hold so the anchor has to come all the way to the bottom and just, you know, stuck its flukes into the sand, into the seabed. 
So if you have hope, your hope has to go deep, deep, deep down until the bottom in order to really hold you in place. So after you get faith, you need to really add from faith to faith, from grace to grace, keep walking in the faith through trials and sufferings. Your faith is being tested after one after another test. So after you get the anchor, if this anchor doesn't get really deep, you are still at risk of being shaken and tossed by the wind and the storms. And there is no amount of the preaching here. There is no amount of anything else, but it's in your private time with the Lord. That's the time when you get deep. Getting deep in a relationship is not being done in public place. If you want to get deep in relationship with God, you get alone with God. Get alone with God. It's your personal choice. How deep we should go. Romans 4, verse 17 until 18, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom Abraham believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. So we should go as deep as the faith of Abraham. Many people go after God, seeking that God will bless them. One time in a remote village, I witnessed people doing some ritual in their religion. And I can feel, because I've been living with the family, I can really feel in that moment that they're doing those things in order that something bad did not happen to them or their family. So we do this. We give offering so that something bad doesn't happen to us. And actually, it's almost the same with many Christians who call themselves Christians. We go to church, Lord, why don't you bless me? Lord, why don't you bless my family? I've been doing good to you. I've been following you. Why I have these problems? 
So our mindset is that if I've been giving what I can to God, God needs to bless me. But that's not the kind of faith that Abraham has. If we are to be his children, Abraham, after he was given the promise after 25 years, he was given the promise and then God said one time, okay, the one that I give you, your only son, give that to me as a sacrifice. Wait, how come you give and then you take it back? I only have few years to enjoy and now you ask it back? That's not fair, God. How can you do that to me? Maybe we can say those things. But what is the kind of faith of Abraham? His faith is not only, bless me, Lord. Oh, save me, Lord. That's the anchor that is only just halfway. It doesn't get to the bottom. But Abraham believed, it says, in the kind of this is the God that he believed. Number one, who gives life to the dead. This is amazing. Because from his experience, when he was already 100 years old, God was able to make this dead body to produce a child. So God knows, uh, sorry, Abraham knows that God is able to give life to the dead. So this is, now we have the revelation. Jesus died and rose. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Now we have more. So we should have more faith. So Abraham believes God is the God of resurrection. That's why he said, it's okay, I can offer up Isaac because I know God is able to raise him up from the dead. That's written in Hebrews. The witness why Abraham was so dare to offer his son. Number two, he believes that God calls into existence the things that do not exist. Out of nihil, out of zero, God can create. When we believe, when our faith wants to really get deep, when there is nothing left to believe, yet Abraham believed. Zero. No chance, no possibility. But he believes God is the creator. He can create something out of nothing. So this is when you get into the bottom. The hope that is beyond the grave. The hope that extends even oh. That is not the end of everything. But there is hope beyond the grave and a hope out of nothing. And the third one, if you have the anchor, 
And number two, you can get deep. Number three, very important. Because when people weigh down the anchor, sometimes the gravity will just pull. And the big chains is being pulled down by the gravity. Sometimes it can break. And the anchor was left there. And the ship was left without the anchor because the chain that connects the ship and the anchor broken. So number three is very important. We need to stay connected. Psalm 91 verse 1, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. When you read Psalm 91, God promises protection in the midst of pandemic. God promises life in the midst of death. How? Number one, first one is the requirement. If you dwell in the shelter, if you abide in the shadow, but if we get out of the shelter, if we get out from the shadow of the Almighty, then if there is no protection, that's not God's fault. God say you will be protected as long as you abide in the shelter. And all the consecutive verses, verse 2, blah, 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 will apply as long as you do verse 1. Abide. Get connected. John 15, verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, Jesus said, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. So if we read this verse, there is no other way. If we don't want to get burned, we have to abide in the vine. How to get connected? This is talking about personal connection, personal relationship with God. As we come to communion this morning, this is an opportunity. God wants to mend the relationship that we have with Him, person to person. He provides, he said, as long as you do this, as many times as you do this, remember me. So when we do communion today, God is giving you a new chance. God is giving you a new opportunity. He will cover over your sins. That's why before we take the communion, God said, Confess any sins, transgressions, mistakes. So the communion doesn't bring curse into our lives, but brings blessing. So before we come in one communion with God, ask the Lord to cleanse us. So let's have the musicians to come forward. And let's prepare our hearts this morning.
that in Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. We pray that each one of you will get anchored deep in the love of God, deep in the hope, deep in the faith. Let's all stand up together. And I'll invite Pastor Daniel to minister the communion to us.